I'm Melissa. I'm Jam. And I'm a chemist. And I'm not. And welcome to Chemistry for Your Life. The podcast helps you understand the chemistry of your everyday life. Okay, Jam, this is going to be a long episode. Okay. And I want to preface it by saying that I am not a medical doctor. So this is not medical advice. Okay. And I'm not telling you that you should do anything. Okay. Or anyone else. Okay. Okay. This is just my interpretation of peer reviewed journal articles as always. Okay. Got it. So before I also get into the meat of this episode, I have a lot of caveats this week. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I want to shout out two people. Okay. One is Vianette G. She is a friend of both of ours. Yes. Yes. In yes. real life. She's a friend of this podcast. She's listened from the very beginning mm -hmm. and been excited to learn from the very beginning. Yes. She somehow thinks we're famous, even though we've known her forever. Yeah. So. Very weird. And, <laughs> but amazing. So delightful. And she recently just finished her hours to become an LPC. That's a licensed professional counselor. Is mm -hmm. that correct? I think so. So congratulations, Vianette. This episode is on in honor of you. And also Vianette asked me like probably a year ago to do an episode <laughs> on skincare. So here we are finally. <laughs> okay. So that's the episode's about today. That's what the episode is going to be about today. Nice. Also Darby C convinced me to get into skincare. So she's partly responsible too. Nice. I know Darby. Very mm -hmm. cool. And last but not least, there's a dermatologist who's on TikTok and YouTube uh -huh. and he makes videos about skincare similar to what we're doing here on the podcast. I feel like uh -huh. where he talks about peer reviewed journal articles and actual scientific evidence for why we should care for our skin the way we do. Uh -huh. And it made me really excited to learn because before I'd kind of felt like some skincare stuff was kind of a lot of mumbo jumbo. Right. Right. Yeah. So to have someone trustworthy who referenced things I understood and who talked about the molecules, that got me really excited too. Yeah. And skin is complicated. So it's like mm -hmm. having someone who that's their specialty, that's what they have been taught a ton about and have studied a lot. Right. Makes total sense. It's like you are a chemist. So looking at just the ingredients of something is a lot that you can understand. But skin is complicated. Yeah. And that is something that like makes sense as a whole whole discipline for that. Yeah. So. so I got really excited. He really made things make sense and simplified them down. And I never felt that he was just trying to get you to buy expensive products or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. He gave lots of options and lots of different price range and gave suggestions. And I really appreciate his presentation of the information. Nice. Nice. So check him out. If you want to learn more, I really appreciated it a lot. Wait, what's, what's his name? Dr. Shaw, I don't know. You can probably just talk, type in Dr. Shaw, S-H-A-H, dermatology, and his like YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. He makes videos on all the platforms. Nice. The YouTube ones, I think, are the most informative, and I actually referenced one of those today. Oh, cool. In our episode. So, so the, those are the people who combine to make today happen. So I wanted to <laughs> give credit where credit was due. <laughs> So first let's talk about the skin because that's what we're going to talk about today. The question that I'm answering is do anti-aging products actually work? Okay. But before we can answer that question, we have to talk about the skin. Mm -hmm. So this is a quote from a peer reviewed journal article. It says, quote, functions of the skin include environmental protection against radiation mm -hmm. and heat regulation, immune response, 
biochemical synthesis, sensory detection, regulation of absorption and loss of water and electrolytes. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of jobs that the skin does for us. Wow. Jeez. And so I think it's important that we take care of our skin, Mm -hmm. not just from a superficial, I want my skin to look good. Although if you want that, that's fine too. Right. But also we should take care of it and protect it because of all that it's doing to protect us. Right. Right. Functionally, it's like your house or your car where there's some just functional importance to it. That means it's worth taking care of regardless of like all the look aspects of it that cosmetic parts are kind of sometimes separate. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. In the same way we should wear, you know, UV protection on our eyeglasses Uh or sunglasses. You want to also protect your skin from all the stuff coming at it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the skin has an outer layer called the epidermis Mm -hmm. and beneath that is the dermis and the dermis is where the action kind of happens. Okay. Imagine in your mind a huge network, um, just like a construction project or something that's holding up something else. Okay. So I imagine like a crisscross of all these two by fours lumber holding up something. Yeah. 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 Like the framing of like the walls of a house or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Something like that. So that's kind of what the dermis is like. Okay. It has an underlying network of things that are called extracellular proteins. Uh-huh. So these are proteins that are in our bodies, but they're not inside of a cell. Okay. And they give your skin, these proteins, this network gives your skin elasticity and firmness. Okay. It also has the vascular system in this dermis layer. And beneath that, the subcutaneous layer is fat cells, which seem to sort of support this network okay. in the dermis. So our focus today is where the action happens on the dermis. Okay. And especially on that extracellular matrix, that big fancy word, which just means basically the crisscross construction zone, framing up of a house, the underlying structure, the proteins that hold up our skin. Okay. Okay. So the things that make those proteins are cells called fibroblasts. Okay. Which sounds kind of like a made up word, I guess. All words are made up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. It's especially seems made up to me. Yeah. (laughs) And what fibroblasts make is elastin and collagen primarily. Okay. And they're just proteins and proteins are polymers. Mm -hmm. So that right there is chemistry. Yeah, totally. Totally. Okay. These fibroblasts, what I imagine in my mind is if you have this network of two by fours holding up a layer of skin, there are construction workers that are putting that together. Okay. Okay. Those are the fibroblasts. Are these construction workers walking around? They're making new two by fours to put up. Uh They're maintaining anywhere they break down. They're just taking care of business, keeping our skin, that dermis in tip top shape. Got it. Got it. Okay. They're like our workers. They're working in there and making everything sure everything works. Okay. But over time, a nice wooden structure, much like the Texas giant at Six Flags, Mm -hmm. starts to break down. Right, right. And as that starts to break down, you'd expect the fibroblast to be able to sort of cover that. Uh 
But when we get old and we slow down, so do our cells. Oh, okay. So as we get older, there are less fibroblasts. They're not able to do as much work. So your your construction workers are getting old. They're not as able able to pull as much weight as they used to. Got it. Got it. There are a number of reasons that happens, including your genetics, mm-hmm. your environment, how much you're in the sun. Some of it is just as we get old, that's what happens. Uh-huh. But so as those things start to break down and your fibroblasts aren't reproducing as much collagen, there aren't as many of them, that's when we start to see signs of aging. Got it. Okay. And what aging literally is, is damage of the extracellular matrix. Okay. Dang. You start to see your proteins get damaged. The, the fibroblast can't work as well. And then you get things like wrinkles or sagging because the matrix just can't hold up the skin. Yeah. Got it. Huh. So when you see someone aging, you're looking at their damaged molecules. Huh. Dang. I know. But is it really fully preventable? I mean, is some of it just going to happen no matter what we do? Well, let's talk about that. Because we're going to get old. We're going to get old. So that's kind of the two main things is natural aging causes damage Mm -hmm. and photo aging causes damage. Okay. And photo aging is from UV rays. Got it. Those freaking UV rays. Seriously. Jeez. They're at it again. Uh-huh. We've talked about UV rays a lot. Go back and check out our episode about sunscreen. Mm-hmm. Check out about our episode about why things get faded in the sun. Oh, yeah. UV rays are literally waves of energy. So they're, they can put energy into things and they will break them down over time. And what happens to your... Stuff that gets faded is basically what's happening to your proteins in your in your face. Got it. Got it. One paper estimated that UV exposure could be responsible for 80% of visible facial aging signs. Dang. So it's not just that people are getting older. It's that they're not protecting their skin. Yeah. Yeah. So use sunscreen, people. Help your body protect itself Mm -hmm. and also don't get skin cancer. (laughs) Something else that was interesting is photo aging and natural aging look different. Uh If a dermatologist looks at two different types of skin, they can say this person was protected from the sun or this person wasn't. Or parts of your body that are typically covered up will age differently than your face that gets consistent sun exposure. Right. So yeah, parts covered up would still change, but that would be the natural aging stuff, not because of neglect of right. protecting yourself from the sun. And they don't only look different, but they are also have different patterns of damage in this extracellular matrix. Okay. Interesting. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Wow. So what you see when you can tell this person was aged in the sun or this part of my body was aged in the sun and this part wasn't, that is a different type of damage to the cells and the matrix than the other. Yeah. Which is so weird. I remember seeing a picture of a guy who drove for a living and one side of his face was always in the sun and it was so damaged and the other side wasn't. And so you can see the difference of photo aging and natural aging. I got to see that. That sounds very interesting. Yeah. It's also crazy because like, I know we talked about this whenever we talked about sunscreen, but 
it just reminds you how ridiculous it is that people think it's beneficial to lay in the sun. Yes. It's like, no, it's not. It's the opposite. This is this long held myth that we've just been passing down despite becoming very rational scientific people at some point in our society. We held on to weird things that were like, oh no, it's good for you to like just lay out in the sun and good for your skin. Just get some... (laughs) Get some UV to beat down on it and just start hammering away at that. You can get vitamin D, but I think that's, yeah, tanning is not beneficial for your skin. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe beneficial for your mental health, maybe beneficial for your vitamin D, but it is, you need to wear sunscreen if you're doing that. Right. And there's other ways to get vitamin D now. So it's like no, no need to just go out and bake yourself and bake yourself (laughs) just to get that or whatever. So let's talk about how you stop it. Okay. So yeah, first of all, sunscreen, wear that sunscreen. That is the number one biggest piece of advice that the, that dermatologist Mm. gives. And also just common sense would state that sunscreen is really important. And he actually says you're supposed to stop and reapply sunscreen every two hours, Mm -hmm. which is kind of excessive, but he does stop and put a moisturizing sunscreen on again at lunchtime every day, every day, every day. You should wear sunscreen every single day. Gosh. Every day to protect your skin. Just get a little moisturizer in the morning, pop it on there, uh-huh. have some SPF in there and protect your skin. Dang. That's pretty crazy. I hate how it feels. That's always that's so horrible. I mean, I'm, I realize that that is not a big deal compared to just protecting yourself. That's mm-hmm. important. But I hate how it feels having sunscreen on me. Well, I'll say this. He recommends, there's lots of different sunscreens and mm-hmm. he says with sunscreen, as long as it's SPF 30, that's the minimum that he recommends. Uh-huh. It's all about feel. So find one that feels like lotion, that doesn't smell like sunscreen, whatever mm. you need to really love it. Find one that you love and wear it every day, at least once a day. Really, if you're serious, also again at midday. Okay. Good to know. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, there's, and there's a lot of moisturizing sunscreens that really don't feel as much like sunscreen. I'll have to check that out. Dang. I'm going to have to like actually make changes. Yeah. To (laughs) protect yourself. Yeah. He's pretty hardcore. He doesn't leave a lot of room for like, maybe you should. It's like, (laughs) no, you should. And also every day. And also maybe at lunch too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. So that's the biggest external factor. Wear your sunscreen. But the other thing, this is the gold standard is what they call it. And anti-aging and anti-aging is really about preventing damage. Mm -hmm, Mm Mm-hmm. So, or correcting damage. And that is what's known as retinoids. Okay. Retinoids is sort of an umbrella term for a sort of a class of molecules that are going to end up as something known as retinoic acid. Okay. You'll also hear it called vitamin A because vitamin A also breaks down into retinoic acid. Okay. So these retinols, it's interesting they call them that. I would if I was marketing, call it vitamin A because I would rather put a vitamin on my skin than something with a crazy, Yeah, you know, it seems like people are more into vitamins. Totally. And, <laughs> and is it, so it's topical, like you have to apply like that. So you can't just eat some carrots. Yes. It's topical. Got it. Okay. So, and it really has a pretty complex naming system. The International Union of Pure and Applied Chemistry, uh-huh. known as IUPAC, put out a definition that included all these things under the umbrella term of vitamin A and retinol. And I 
even I thought that's a little too much. <laughs> this is a very complicated name. I'm not sure I'm tracking with what you're saying, Yeah. but the, just to boil it down. Yeah. Is vitamin A and retinoids are used pretty interchangeably vitamin A and retinol, this whole class of compounds, and they all break down into retinoic acid. Okay. Okay. And that retinoic acid is the form that the skin can use it in. So that's the topical part. Got it. Got it. And the retinoic acid is called acid because it has a functional group. Okay. That functional group is called a carboxylic acid. Okay. We've heard that before. We've definitely heard that before. Can you think of a time we've heard that before? Just a little pre-quiz. Ooh, that's going to be, that's hard. All the different terms like that. Um, I'll give it to you if you want me to. Yeah. I feel like we, I know we've had it recently, honestly, multiple times, but there's been a somewhat recent time that we, that it was mentioned. Um, okay. Tell me. It's in vinegar. Oh, okay. But it's also, which is an acid. It is an acid. And most of the acids we've talked about, I feel like end up being carboxylic acids. They're just really useful. Yeah. I feel like I can't even count how many times I've heard you say carboxylic acid. Yeah. It seems like a, like if you had a bingo, card for chemistry for your life it'd be on there for sure oh we should have done a bingo card for our 100th episode dang that's a great idea of course just a little joke ends up being a good idea oh that's we should put that we should really like make one and put it out for the listeners or something yeah yeah (laughs) yeah that'd be fun yeah um if we could do that for like our 200th episode can you imagine okay So I couldn't find out a lot about the mechanism of how retinols do what they do. Okay. But what they do, what retinoids do is increase the number and the function of fibroblasts in the skin. Number and function. So basically they send in reinforcements. So there are more little guys Uh helping to build your network. Yes. And that makes there be more collagen produced. So your network is more effectively maintained. Yes. Okay. Got it. So they literally improve collagen production. Okay. And there was a study where they wanted to see if retinoids helped not only photo aged skin, but also naturally aging skin. Uh huh. They took samples from part of the skin that doesn't usually see the sun, mm-hmm. the behind, the backside. Mm-hmm. And tested before and after the application of just a 1% solution. So just Uh 1% of the retinoid was present Uh for seven days and there was an increase in fibroblasts. Nice. They were just like then tested just to see how many fibroblasts there were before and after something like that. Yeah. They looked to see the improvement and there was improvement. So it would be visually evident or just that they tested like like a blood test or something like that. I think they took samples of the skin and looked at it. Or, Such as a biopsy. Yeah. Okay. And stained it to see if they could identify the different things present in it. Got it. Got it. So it's not like this wrinkly patch of skin. Now, no wrinkles. Right. It not was like more that. like, yeah, just they healthier. They looked at the underlying structure. Got it. Got it. Okay. So it, and that's not the only study. There are tons of studies on this. I cited a bunch in our references, but there is a very clear FDA approved, no questions asked. This improves signs of aging in skin by making more fibroblasts, which makes more collagen, which makes your skin thicker and reduces those wrinkles. Got it. Okay. Okay. Wow. So if you're someone who spent a lot of time sunning, Mm -hmm. I didn't because I hate the sun. Uh 
we all know. <laughs> this is something that you can do to sort of help your skin recover from the photo damage that it has already experienced. Uh-huh. Interesting. Okay, cool. That's great. Yeah. So basically retinoids or vitamin A is an antidote to the sun. We're saving ourselves from the damage the sun does. Nice. And if we're combining that with like protecting ourselves in the first place, then game over. Game over. Sorry, son. Sorry, son. We beat you. (laughs) This dermatologist did say that some dermatologists heard about the importance of sunscreen before Uh and really took it to heart like 30 years ago uh-huh. and their skin looks so much better than other people in their age group because it was not common knowledge at that time. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So they took it seriously. They're in their sixties now and they've got great skin Yeah, because they wore sunscreen every day. You know, what's funny is I feel like it, a lot of people would get more behind the sunscreen thing. If like for me, I just think about when I was a kid and it was basically just my parents would say, you don't want to get sunburned. Mm-hmm. And that seemed like, the only thing I was trying to avoid, you know? Yeah. But thinking about long-term damage and also, you know, skin cancer possibilities. Yeah. It's a lot more motivating. I don't know how you explain it to a kid, but a lot more motivating than just like, it might be red and kind of hurt. You yeah. Know? Cause then you think that's okay, fine. I don't care if it's red <laughs> and kind of hurts. That's hard to get people to get behind. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if, Especially I would have gotten more into that probably in my teenage years Mm -hmm. or in my, even in my Mm twenties. Now it took me until I hit 30 and thought, oh, maybe I should care about this because all these other people have convinced me thanks, Starby, et cetera. Yeah. That's when I started to really be on top of it. Yeah. So that's, that's it. That's the chemistry of retinoids and that's how they break down. They go through some chemical processes to break down into retinoic acid Uh and then they support your skin and your skin is also chemistry. So all of that is just chemistry on chemistry and the damaging factor is chemistry. We've just got chemistry all over the situation. Seriously. Wow. Okay. Should I try to wrap this up in some way? I think you should. And then I'm going to give you some fun facts and they also sort of act as warnings. Okay. So this has been the chemistry of retinoids and how it's not really a myth, but then I'm going to give you some cautions to take with you. Okay. So our skin is complicated. Mm-hmm. It's got the part that we see that on the outside, the epidermis, which I always remember as a, like a kid, there would always be the joke of that you tell someone, Hey, your epidermis is showing. Do you remember that? And when you're a kid, you don't know what that word is. It sounds like something you don't want to be showing. And you're like, oh no. And then you think like, oh, I left my fly on zip or something. But but it's just your skin. Just your skin. The layer below that is the dermis, Mm -hmm. which is where all the structure is happening, correct? Yes. That's where the magic happens. Magic happening there. We've got all of these kind of support beam type things Mm -hmm. that are doing most of the work holding up this layer of skin to protect us from all the difficult and harmful things out in our world. Yeah. Most, especially UV. That's right. And when UV is beating down on us, Mm -hmm. it starts to, especially after years, Mm -hmm. starts to hurt that structure. Yep. The structure is these proteins, right? Yes. Which is a polymer. Yep. So... Over time that happens and we can see it 
And it's not just that we're old, but it's also that if we did not protect ourselves, that a different kind of harm happens to that structure. That's right. Beyond just what would happen naturally. So one of the best ways we can prevent that, which we've talked about in the past, is sunscreen. Mm -hmm. Just protecting ourselves in the first place from UV not being able to degrade the the polymer, right. the protein that is holding up our skin's structure. Yep. Um, and it diffuses the the energy that's beating down on us. Right. Um, in a few different ways and deflects it away. Yeah. Um, but also, if we already have damage to our skin, which most of us probably already do. Yep. Um, if you've ever been outside, uh, you probably have damage. <laughs> and that the best way to do that is to start to try to help that structure be stronger Yep. and support um, our layer of skin better. That's right. And the way that scientists have discovered to do that is through retinoids or mm-hmm. vitamin A mm-hmm. applied topically, but it's because then it needs to be able to be in the form of retinic acid. What is Ret- it? Retinoic acid. Retinoic acid. If you're in an organic chemistry class, that oic is the suffix that indicates the carboxylic acid group. So oh, that's where that comes from. Interesting. Okay. So it's got to be retoic. Retinoic. Retinoic. Man, dude. Retinoic Yeah. Acid. You take out whatever, you keep the main chunk of the word, uh-huh. take out the suffix and add oic. So okay. Retinoid, retinol, retinoic. Oh, got it. Okay, mm-hmm. sweet. And the the in between step is retinal, uh-huh. which means it's an aldehyde. Oh wow! <laughs> There's and- all kinds of all kinds of secret words in our language. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so retinoic acid, mm-hmm. and what that does is help the things that are already in our bodies, right? Which you called. Sounded made up. Blasts. Fibroblasts. Fibroblasts. Yes. Okay. Which is kind of funny. Like they're blasting out the fibros that protect us or something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like they just have these like, almost like a spray gun of like, like uh, insulation or something like that, where they're just kind of spraying it. Um, (sighs) So they help the fibroblasts be able to do what they do more and better. And, Mm -hmm which is to maintain and repair the structure, which you called, don't tell me, just the C. Mm-hmm. That's the, one of the proteins that makes it up. I can't remember. It's collagen. Collagen. Yeah. So I don't collagen. know if they repair the broken collagen or if they just produce more or really how oh, they work. Okay. okay. Produce more. But there are more fibroblasts that I think produce those things. They also produce elastin. Okay. Collagen and elastin make up an extracellular matrix. Okay. And so when we can supply them with that, mm-hmm. they do it better, which mm-hmm. keeps the structure of our skin healthier. Yep. And even if it's not repairing damage stuff, it is creating new support beams, new yeah, structure yeah. to keep it up. And then we look young forever. Not quite. Okay. That was a great explanation. One thing I thought of while you're talking was also kind of of a, of a honeycomb. Oh yeah. 
and it the honeycomb gives the honey structure, but then when you break it, it just starts to sag out, uh-huh. and you're like that's what happens to your skin. It kind of sags down, whatever the matrix can't hold it in place anymore. Yeah, yeah. Or gets these divots or whatever. Which it does kind of make sense because like once you think about it, I mean, like even we can just kind of pull our skin around as mm-hmm. much as we want to, and then it's kind of like, oh yeah, what is really keeping it taut? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it makes it obvious that there's a need for a structure. Yeah. So, oh yeah. So that just occurred to my brain while you were explaining. I uh-huh. thought that's kind of like honey where it just all, so it makes it easier to think of an analogy when someone else is explaining it back to you. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Here's my fun facts and warnings for you. Okay. It can take a long time for the retinol to make progress that we can see to our eyes. Okay. So actually this dermatologist recommend you take a picture, wait several months and then take another picture and see the difference. Okay. Nice. And you can see a little bit of a difference. I took a picture back in January. Mm -hmm. I started using this product in April. I don't have other really good straight on pictures of my face, but Uh so that's the only one I could compare it to, but I took one recently outside and you could see the, some reduction of the wrinkles that have been caused by sun damage. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. And they also, so it's modest results. You're not going to, this isn't the fountain of youth, yeah. but it's going to help repair the damage that's been done and prevent further damage. From nice. Being done. Nice. Also, you have to be aware that retinoids, retinols can cause irritation mm. because part of what happens when your skin is producing this collagen, they're making more cells. They're turning over faster I think is how it works. I'm not exactly clear on this part, but the dermatologist talked a lot about the turnover of the skin cells is faster. Mm. So that means that your skin can get irritated. Oh, I see. So you should consult with a doctor or physician if you're going to take a prescription one or there's less intense over the counter ones and they suggest building up. Mm. So use it once every three days and use it then use it once every other day or something like that. Okay, I see. But even if you just use a retinol once a week or retinoid once a week, that can still improve your collagen. Okay. So it's not as if it's useless. And there's different percentages. You know, there's a 5% solution up to a 3% solution. You want to start low and then work up high. Okay. And if you initially get a little bit more acne or something like that, um, as long as it's not dangerous, mm-hmm. you know, if you're like, Oh, this doesn't seem to be working. Don't give up. Try it for a longer period of time. Okay. That's the recommendation. You should also use it at night. Okay. Because UV light can photodegrade retinoids into something damaging for our skin. Oh, okay. So and you want there to be some time between mm-hmm. you applying it and being the sun. Yes. Because you want it to break down into retinoic act acid that your skin can use, but the retinoids, they don't get that opportunity could cause more damage than help. Got it. Interesting. So the sun strikes again. Yeah. And last but not least, don't forget to wear sunscreen every single day. Okay. Dang it. Got to find one. You've got to find one. There's lots of options. This doctor, he's really great. He has a bunch of different ones that he recommends. Okay. Okay. That range from $10 for a bottle that'll last you two months or whatever mm-hmm. to um, really more expensive ones. But he finds value in all these different brands. But yeah, he recommends every morning you cleanse your face and apply sunscreen. And every evening you 
sunscreen that moisturizes ideally. And then mm-hmm. every evening you cleanse your face and apply a moisturizer. And then if you'd like to work on any kind of damage that's been done to your skin, that's where you would incorporate a retinol. Got it. Got it. Okay. At nighttime. So it doesn't break down. So I thought that was really interesting. And I wanted to one, spread the message about sunscreen Mm -hmm. and how UV light is responsible for the wrinkles that we see. Most of them, according to that one paper, 80%. Uh And then two, give you guys some information about retinols because I, for a long time thought that a lot of this stuff was just people pushing products that had no scientific backing. Uh But when I learned about these and I found so many papers about it, I mean, you'll see, I probably have 10 references here. This is a legitimate product that has been studied and I got pretty excited when things are backed by science. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. This is very cool. Dude, that's awesome. Sweet. Sweet. Well, do you have anything fun from your week? You want to report back? Um, yeah, totally. Uh, obviously. So a small little fun thing for my week this past week is that my little son, who's not quite a year, we started taking him to swim lessons. <gasps> oh and, my gosh. So and, cute. Yes. Very cute. Very fun at this swim school that we have a friend who works there, but, mm-hmm. um, very cool philosophy and they're all about starting kids pretty early, partly so they can um, also just not be afraid of the water and right. have fun yeah, and enjoy and quickly have an experience of fun and being protected in the water. Right. And also at the same time be teaching them the things that will help them survive. Yes. So it's pretty great. And he had a lot of fun um, and we'll be doing that every week. I'm sure that anytime I don't have anything more substantial to share, I'll probably just share about whatever cute thing he did <laughs> in swim lessons. But that was that was pretty fun. It was just cool to watch him kind of like be in the water and I'm just holding him the whole time, but he right. just loves to splash around and stuff. So that was really fun. That is really fun and cute. We all need a little uplifting baby swimming yes. stories. And that's really important because drowning is a leading cause of mm-hmm. death, I think, in children, right? I think your wife told me that. Yeah, it's in the top... I don't think it's the top one, but it's like the top like four or five yeah. causes of death. So, And some of that is from distraction from parents and some of it is from not knowing how to swim. So mm-hmm. that's a really good thing that you guys are doing. And we have a pool. So that's, I should have said that. Um, yeah. That's why it's also really important to us because he is going to be more, have a higher chance of the downsides of that than other kids would. So yeah, definitely. And I remember them teaching Edison to, climb out of a pool if he fell in or something mm-hmm. and I was amazed because he couldn't even walk yet and yeah. he was able to safely exit a pool and yeah. not be scared if that happened you know he just knew right what to do yeah they talk, so, they talk about how like a, a panic sets in and typically kids they fall in mm-hmm. and they're still kind of afloat um, a panic sets in and they will start to go toward whatever wall they're kind of facing mm-hmm especially because, you know, they're young, talking like, you know, pretty, pretty young kids. So teaching them super early just to turn around because they're, they just fell in. There's a wall right behind them. They can reach oh, onto immediately, yeah. but the panic, this is then starts to, they'll go out further into the water oh. and further away from the wall that's right by them. So especially being around like my son's age, he's just around one. So it'd be, it makes sense for him maybe not to think about turning around. Yeah. So building that in early to be like, Hey, just flip around. And you can grab onto yeah. this wall. so And not have the panic. 
Yeah. This has happened a million times. I know what I'm supposed to do. Yes. Yep. Wow. That's really incredible. Kids are so smart. Yes. They're very smart. What about you? What happened in your week? Well, mine's not as cute, (laughs) but um, my, my dad's dad is not doing very well. Unfortunately, he's uh, gone home on hospice. Mm, And so that's a hard time, but I got to see him last Uh, night, which uh not everybody gets that chance. And he was still with it enough to know who I was. Good. He made a few jokes and he got to meet my husband for the first time. And Uh so, you know, with COVID and everything, it's been really hard to see him safely and not feel like we were putting him in danger. And so it was really nice to be able to go and get to spend time with him and, um, just, you know, have, be there and have that special time. So that was a really sweet thing that happened this week. That's good. But also sorry about his health not being good. That sucks. He's pretty old. So he's had a good life and, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's maybe just kind of time. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, once you get past 80, you're like, this is incredible. That's so much life to live. And I think he's close to 90. Okay. Wow. Wow. Yes. So that was, yeah, that was really nice. But yeah, it is kind of a bummer. It's sad for my dad. You know, it's been... Mm -hmm. It's been a year since my mom passed away, but that's still really soon when you're grieving a spouse. So I think it's kind of a lot, but he, you know, he had a really good life. And so that's something that we can take comfort in. Well, thanks Jam for learning about sunscreen and retinoids and agreeing to go out and find you something to protect your skin. Dude. Yeah. Anytime. Thanks for telling me before it's too late, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and thanks to all of you listeners for coming and learning about chemistry. It's so fun that we get to do this and, share chemistry of everyday life with you guys and share what science is actually saying about things Mm -hmm. that we literally put on our face every day. So thanks for that so much. I love this and I'm so thankful we get to do this. Yes, me too. And thank you guys for the ideas you guys send in like this topic today, um, sort of inspired or asked by Vianette, but also Mm -hmm. inspired by Darby. And so we have a lot of ideas like this that come from you guys that come from Melissa that come from wherever, but If you have any of those kind of questions or ideas, please send them to us because they end up creating really relevant episodes, things you you actually wonder about in your everyday life that helps chemistry be part of your life, not just this other separate, distant kind of um, study that's not connected to everyday life. So please reach out to us on Gmail, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Chem for Your Life. That's Chem, F-O-R, your life to share your thoughts and ideas. If you'd like to help us keep our show going and contribute to cover the costs of making it, Go to ko-fi.com slash chemforyourlife and donate the cost of a cup of coffee. If you're not able to donate, you can still help us by subscribing on your favorite podcast app and rating and writing a review on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us to be able to share chemistry with even more people. This episode of Chemistry for Your Life was created by Melissa Collini and Jam Robinson. References for this episode can be found in our show notes or on our website. Jam Robinson is our producer, and we'd like to give a special thanks to... In Newell and S. Navarro, who reviewed this episode.